Hello everyone and welcome to A Biological Revolution. I'm Jeff McFadden. The Biological Revolution is a, a plan, a complete and consistent plan, to uh, halt and reverse the effects of global warming on planet Earth. It is uh, radically different from the normal uh, plans, but I believe it to be the only one that would actually work. I sit here and I listen to myself talk, I listen to this podcast, and look at the world around me, and I think how utterly insane I must sound to to uh, most listeners, most modern listeners. We have, we have uh, over the course of the last 300 years, 200 years, really uh, 120 years, since the start of the 20th century, We've, we've created a life in which humanity is watching the rest of the world on television, even when we're standing out among it. We have completely divorced ourselves from the earth. Uh, we, we grew up here, you know, for, for a long time, it was just us and the earth. And, and then after that, it was, you know, us and, and our livestock and our, uh, annual crops in the earth and the occasional collapse but uh, the since we got I don't know exactly how we got where we are but but people are divorced spiritually from the planet we live on it is as though we most people appear to me you know when I listen to them talk and when I observe them appear to me to to feel like humans are are fundamentally different from the rest of the world that there's there's the rest of the world and then there's us and um that's actually not how it works we started we you know we evolved here the the rest of the world and, and us is is a, a worldview that explains how your average uh God-type religion, uh, uh, monotheistic religion came is, is we must be somehow not the rest of this bullshit out here. We're special, and so we need to think up a God who can create us in his image or something like that. But we're not special. We really, I honestly did just evolve here. Just, you know, us and the shrews, we have, we have exactly equal legitimacy here you know the shrews evolved to to be very small and eat the little bitty bugs that live under the grass and they're about as big as my thumb and there's a lot of them here on the farm because i encourage the bugs to stay alive and uh we evolved to to uh walk around in the in the uh uh oh shoot then the word's gone um in the country in the world where it was where it was grass and trees and, and the savanna. We evolved to walk around in the savanna and eat the things that were hanging on the trees and the things that were growing out of the ground and the grass seeds and just everything. And that's what we ate. I mean, we ate everything. We're like bears. We just went around and we ate everything. And we're uh, more clever than bears. We, we, you know, we call ourselves man smart. And uh, so being more clever than bears... We invented different things than bears, and 
one of the things we invented was was annual agriculture, which was a really bad idea, and yet we keep inventing it over and over. You know, the the vanished uh, civilizations of South America who who left us nothing but their fabulous constructions and and their descendants living as either hunter gatherers or or uh, or uh, tiny smallholder. Uh, settled agriculturalists and uh, they built their their society on annual grains and their society died the same thing happened you know with all the others it's and as uh, I just recently came to realize we're the only one still standing and we're not looking that good um, unlike most of the previous societies who who rose and died over their over their choice to div divorce the world were global and we are so the divorce will be um, spectacular no doubt but uh, we we don't we don't think we're part of the world and so when when we look at the destruction we're causing we think it's like we're over here and that's over there and, and we just observe it and our lives happen over here our lives don't happen we're not living attached to that thing over there that we're observing that's getting warmer and you know the storms are getting bigger and all that shit but but it's just it's just over there it's the environment you know an environment means it's the thing that's around me it's not me and it's not you and it's not our civilization it's just it's out there it's around us you know um, but there is no such thing as an environment. I mean, every single atom in your body was part of that dirt out there, part of that atmosphere out there the day you were born. Literally, every single one. Mine, too. We were born, we were just one little cell, and primary producers, plants, took uh, solar energy and and gases out of the atmosphere and they turned them into sugars and, and then next level animals ate the sugars and, and we ate the sugars and the animals. We're just made out of it and it's, we can't live here without it. I, it's, I don't know, I feel like I'm, I'm shouting into the, into the wilderness because we know for sure that we, I say that all the time. I'm sorry. Take that back. We don't know anything for sure. I'm just I'm as lost as the rest of us. What I what I feel strongly though, is that we need to rejoin the earth, not just in by actions. We need to relearn. We need a new thing that takes the place of or lives alongside religion in our minds. I was interrupted there. I hope the cutout wasn't too bad. We need a thing that says we and the earth are all one and every part of it. How can we sit here and say, oh well, that one went extinct, that one went extinct, that one went extinct, that one went extinct. You know, a thousand went extinct. I don't know the numbers. The numbers are obscene. We, we really are, which we're made from the earth. Our bodies are made from the earth. Our minds are made from our bodies. 
Our minds live inside a brain. And a brain, our brain is made out of the gases out of the atmosphere, including all the poison ones, and the, and the elements out of the earth. There is nothing else here. With, we don't exist separate from this earth. We can't go to Mars because we need this air and we need this soil. We have to remember that when this earth was created by the Big Bang, by the agglutination, by all those things, it was just a bare rock. Just a bare rock. And everything that you see out there is only there because of life. Without living creatures, including but not limited to us, this would still be a bare rock. And nobody would give a shit. But I do. But I am not separate from, distinct from, or uniquely not the same as everything else out there. And if it dies, I'm going to die. We live in a society right now where our children are murdered in mass numbers, and we blame it on guns. But we know, really, we, we know down, deep down inside our hearts that we've had guns for a long time. And we've even had, I mean, you know, the forty-five caliber automatic pistol was invented in 1920-something or, I don't know, long time ago. My parents were tiny children when that thing was invented. Nobody took them to school and shot up to school. It just wasn't what people did. There have always been periods, or there have long been periods, when people tie bombs upon themselves and go blow themselves up in crowds with other people. But there have always been periods of sickness in their societies. The, the symptoms that we ignore, the things that we try to solve one at a time, we're going to solve the, the, the uh, uh, opioid addiction crisis. If people had something better to do, they wouldn't be addicted to opioids. Um, we live talking about jobs, we need jobs, but none of the jobs that we create for jobs, which are jobsable, the person who works the job spends the whole day doing exactly nothing towards the furtherance of his or her own life except earning money. And it is possible for humans to create a society in which people earn the necessary income and do things which further their own lives at the same time. We're told that, I don't know, it's this inevitable. It is inevitable that more and 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 more of us will go live in cities and nobody ever says, why? How come? You know, we know why. It's because we've taken all of the countryside, all of it, and we've put it in the hands of a handful of people, and we've said, use this entire continent 
to produce annual grains. And we will urge you to produce ever more of it because we scream that we cannot feed ourselves. And yet, it is known, this is known, that there are lots of different ways to get more edible by human staple food calories off an acre of land with perennial crops that want to live here on this planet than you can get with corn or with soybeans. And on top of that, it's better for you. But we are divorced from this planet. We cannot be part of this planet because we are superior creatures. We have all this knowledge. We pat ourselves on the back. We call ourselves knowledge workers. And we talk about how we know more than anybody else ever knew before. And we cannot go back. And give up our knowledge, because we're knowledge workers, you see. And most of us don't know how to get a drink of water if the magic pipe in the kitchen doesn't work. I'm sorry, but I'm not convinced. 50,000 years ago, somebody went in a cave in France. And he wrote a book on the wall, and the book said... Man hunts beast with stick, man lives. And it was the greatest book ever written. And I guarantee that none of the stuff that I have on the magic internet is going to last 50,000 years. I just don't believe it. We're not so special. The fact that we have divorced the earth upon which we evolved and created this magical world in which we live on plastic and concrete and toys and tin and we can't walk across the earth because we're much too proud and far too important so we have to blaze across at a mile every minute fast as a hummingbird except hummingbirds don't leave just a wake of death behind them like we do roadkill on the road and dead bugs on the windshield and and just death we just Poison gases spew out the back, and the front kills everything it encounters. And 30,000 times a year, it kills one of us, and it kills a lot of our children. But, you know, it's important because it's really it's much better to have these cars because they're better because they're better. But nobody has ever told me in what way they're better. And if they're better, if they're so much better that we can't have... A living world for our children or f I don't have any children I can't excuse this on children you know most of this podcast I've tried to talk in terms in rational terms you know he's like here you are you're you're going to die and so since you're going to die and I on the off chance that you might like to not die here's a way you can not die and it's true okay I'm offering you a way you can not die and Nobody, nobody, nobody who wants to keep you in the modern world is telling you oh, any, they're not even pretending that they can do it without all this extinction. This extinction is necessary for us to be human. That, doesn't that sound obscene to anyone but me? We know how to be human. 
I've told you before, Shakespeare wrote, we're still quoting him, we're still performing his work. Does anybody think that Steven Spielberg is any more human than Shakespeare was? We don't need these toys to be the best of what we are, but we need this world which is around us to be any part of what we are. I'm often presenting specifics. You know, you can take these animals and these people and we do this job and you can solve this problem and, and you, you can do it without having any carbon. I mean, it's just, you know, it'll work. Okay, it, the, it sounds crazy. Nobody would do it in a thousand years, but it would work and everybody knows it would work. It's obvious that it would work. It's beneath us. It is beneath us as modern Americans to solve a problem that we ourselves have created if we can't use a machine to do it. It is beneath us as modern Americans to take responsibility for a bunch of flat-topped mountains and to just say flat-topped mountains are a necessity for us to be human and to have what we have. And when all the mountains are flat-topped, we'll do something else. And perhaps we will. Perhaps we'll find yet another living ecosystem that we can kill. But there's, it's like, it's like going, or it's like the, we are like the children who cut themselves. I know a girl, I don't know her well, she's a person who's a friend of a friend of a, you know, one of those, but she's a teenage girl and she cuts herself with razor blades. And it's not that rare. And they burn themselves. We're doing that to our planet. They are acting out our actions. Our madness at the large scale has returned to us in the small scale. We, the, we can only... I don't know how to say it. It's There's no way to say it. What can a person do to persuade a society that the planet upon which they live is necessary for their survival? What can a person do to persuade a society that nothing they could have is any more valuable than a glowing and vibrant earth around them? We could live on this planet with people spread all over this world. What if there's 7 billion of us, right? So the only way we can solve 7 billion of us is we have to put... The only way we can solve 7.5 billion of us is we have to stack 7.25 billion of us up on top of one another in tall towers in cities and in slums and in festering sores on the surface of the earth, while, you know, the other 200 million own all the land and run huge machinery over it and send the soil into the air and send the soil down the oceans, down the rivers into the ocean and send the rivers with them and plow all the living things into death and plant them with annual grains and... That 
is better than a vision of a world where seven and a half billion people live in cities the size of Jerusalem in, in the year 1 CE when it had a two mile, two and a half mile long city wall. You could walk out one gate in Jerusalem after breakfast, walk all the way around the city, and walk back in the same gate before lunch. But inside that city, you had entertainment, and you had taverns, and you had hookers, and you had all the stuff that a city has. You know, if you live in New York City, you don't encounter, you know, all those millions of people every day. You got a handful of people. We're only so large. We can only be so big. So while we have some in the cities, across all this land, this whole planet, everywhere on planet Earth, except Antarctica itself, human beings have established that they can live entirely on the perennial yields of the planet. Now, we say we can't do that because there's so many of us. And yet we know it has been proven that we can produce more calories per acre of staple foods, carbohydrates and fats and proteins under a perennial system than we can in the system we're using. The only difference would be the perennial system would have to be managed by people who, you know, a mechanical perennial farm, a pretty good size one, you know, 110 acres, 120 acres. You know, we have farms of 2,000 acres or more sell 95, no, sell 58% of all the farm produce sold in America. I can't remember. The, 58% is the lowest possible number, and that's farms of 2,000 acres or more. And all they're selling off 2,000 acres is either industrially produced milk, probably not, not on that size, or uh, annual grains, annual row crops, corn, soybeans, a little bit of wheat, mostly corn. The peoples of the earth come in two sizes right now today. That is grossly obese with diabetes and nearly starved. And we say, we need this system because it's the only way we can feed ourselves. And I say, oh really, when do we start? Um, and I'm among the obese. I'm not pulling any punches here. I'm no better than anybody else. I'm fat. I'm obese. And the reason I'm obese is because the foodstuffs which are laid before me to eat are not laid before me in order that they might nourish me. They're laid before me in order that they might make someone else a prophet, someone who owns a great centralized spot, a chokehold spot in the system that feeds me. And since all I'm going to be offered to eat is annual grains and uh, uh, industrially produced meat, which both of which are produced in systems where the ownership is centralized and control is centralized and there's a single choke point 
where they can say, no, you know, you can have this if you'll pay me this much. You can have this over here for cheaper, and, and it'll make you fatter. We're overfed. We're undernourished. We're killing the land we live on. We're killing the planet we live on. Those of us who aren't overfed and undernourished are just undernourished and undernourished and starve to death every day. All over this world, every place you look, we have we, humankind, with annual grains and industrial machines, have stripped off all the life. And we're living in... Our continent is less dead than the Old World continents and the North African area because we haven't been here as long. It's that simple. We're heading the same direction. But we don't have to. And even they don't have to forever because the, the systems of restoration agriculture do work. They literally restore ecosystems and the earth can heal itself the earth wants to heal itself it's just you know if you cut yourself if you wound yourself your body heals but it's never quite the same as it was before the injury well the earth is like that all the damage that we do it wants to heal you know you go out there with a bulldozer and push a big a big bare spot and come, come back in a week and it's all covered up with ragweed the earth's trying to heal and after the ragweed will come something that lasts longer and it will heal back. And it won't be just like it was before the injury, but it'll heal. And we can heal this, but we can't heal it. We can't fix it unless we're willing to entertain the possibility of a just fundamental change in our entire connection to the world. where we seek a different knowledge instead of the knowledge of of fancy machines that will go fast and and allow us to control the world and tell the same lie to people on every continent instantaneously i'm not sure that's the very best thing we ever invented it's working most of the people i know don't seem to like the output of that machine but but it's there and it's working and that's for sure but the one that made us come here isn't working very well anymore and somehow we need to we need to make peace with it we need to do it in our agriculture we need to do it in our transportation we need to do it in our industry we need to come to the realization that we are a particular part of this one thing which is earth we are part of the system. We are not separate from the system. We don't control the system. We've, we've observed that we don't control the system. Everything we try to impose control on has blown up on our faces. But we also know that we're clever enough to figure out how, how the system works itself and to herd it gently. You know, beavers come into a place and they just cut down all these trees and they do all this and it looks like destruction but pretty soon it's this this just cauldron of of every imaginable sort of life form you know we can go into a place with our cleverness and our and our skills that we have and we can seed life you know it's not, i've been doing it here 
for 15 years and, and, and longer helping her before I came here. And I didn't even know what I was doing. I have recently seen new information about how to do what I want to do to increase the life of this small property. And uh, I will be working that direction because it's it's just the same goals I've had all along, only it uh, is somebody who figured out some important facts that I didn't. We can't, we, we don't live alone. We can't be alone. You know, I needed, I needed his, uh, his work and he built his on the work of others. And, and I'm old, I won't come up with anything new, but it, it will enlarge my life. And it will help to make this little piece of earth more valuable. And my hope is in the years that I have left to make this little piece of earth so that it produces so much food, obvious, real, edible human food, that when we die or when we die, the next person doesn't just want to take a bulldozer to it and cover it up with ticky-tacky houses, but instead says, you know, I, I can buy this and live here forever. And this is, this is, the earth will support us. It always has. Nothing else ever has. Letting these middlemen come in between us and it and, and rape and murder it and take from it its, its muscles and, and flesh, that's not the only way it can work. And it's by no means the best way it can work. But even those of us who wish to live in cities have to learn to understand a little bit about the earth. We have to know where it is that our feces go and why they have to go there and why the right answer to that question is not the Gulf of Mexico. We need to rejoin this earth as honest, real parts of it as citizens of it, and we have to learn to work it to our advantage, which is a whole different thing than taking it apart. You know, like, if if the earth were an automobile, we could be driving it around, but instead we're just taking it apart and selling the spark plugs. We're that far from where we need to be. And... I'm going to go back to talking about how to do this with donkeys and how to do this, you know, with little pieces of ground, how to do our transportation with animals and how to drive our tools with animals and what projects we should take on with our animals to free up more of the world. We got all these parts of the world right now that are just bound up in death. You know, we call them brownfields and flat top mountains and all that stuff. We need to go fix those. They're our obligation. They're, they're our trash. And we need to go clean up our trash. And we can do it with animals and not put out any more carbon and we can make the carbon more of the carbon go away. So we need to realize that the problem we have is caused by our divorce from the planet on which we live. And we cannot divorce it. It's like trying to divorce your hand or your foot. It's like your brain deciding it's going to divorce your rectum. It just won't work. We're all part of one thing, and without it, we cannot live.
And with us, the rest of it can live or die. But if it dies, we're not committing murder. We're committing suicide. And I know that a few people who are doing very well are having a lot of fun. And I know that those people also have so much power that they can spread their ideas and their thoughts and their concepts into everybody's mind every day. I'm just one crazy old geezer out here in the sticks. But uh, I just, I don't know what else to say. We're part of it and we need to act like part of it. Thank you.